Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the June 25th episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1382 through 1390 of the Catechism. 6. The Paschal Banquet. 1382. The Mass is, at the same time, and inseparably, the sacrificial memorial by which the sacrifice of the cross is perpetuated and the sacred banquet of communion with the Lord's body and blood. By the celebration of the Eucharistic sacrifice is wholly directed towards the intimate union of the faithful with Christ through communion. To receive communion is to receive Christ himself, who has offered himself for us. 1383. The altar around which the church is gathered in the celebration of the Eucharist represents the two aspects of the same mystery, the altar of the sacrifice and the table of the Lord. This is all the more so since the Christian altar is the symbol of Christ himself, present in the midst of the assembly of his faithful, both as the victim offered for our reconciliation and as food from heaven, who is giving himself to us. For what is the altar of Christ if not the image of the body of Christ, asks St. Ambrose. He says elsewhere, the altar represents the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is on the altar. The liturgy expresses this unity of sacrifice and communion in many prayers. Thus, the Roman Church prays in its anaphora. In humble prayer, we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hand of your holy angel to your altar on high, in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who, through this participation at the altar, receive the most holy body and blood of your Son, may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Take this, all of you, and eat it. Communion. 1384. The Lord addresses an invitation to us, urging us to receive him in the sacrament of the Eucharist. Truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 1385. To respond to this invitation, we must prepare ourselves for so great and so holy a moment. St. Paul urges us to examine our conscience. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. Anyone conscious of grave sin must receive the sacrament of reconciliation before coming to communion. 1386. Before so great a sacrament, the faithful can only echo humbly and with ardent faith the words of the centurion, Domine non sum dignus ut entre subtectum meum, sed tantum dic verbo et sanabitur anima mea. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. And in the liturgy, the divine liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, the faithful pray in the same spirit. O Son of God, bring me into communion today with your mystical supper. I shall not tell your enemies a secret, nor kiss you with Judas's kiss. But like the good thief, I cry, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. To prepare for the worthy reception of the, of the sacrament, the faithful should observe the fast required in their church. Bodily demeanour, gestures, clothing, ought to convey the respect solemnity and joy of this moment, when Christ becomes our guest. 1388. It is in keeping with the very meaning of the Eucharist 
that the faithful, if they have the required dispositions, receive communion when they participate in the Mass. As the Second Vatican Council says, that more perfect form of participation in the Mass, whereby the faithful, after the priest's communion, receive the Lord's body from the same sacrifice, is warmly recommended. 1389. The Church obliges the faithful to take part in the Divine Liturgy on Sundays and feast days, and, prepared by the Sacrament of Reconciliation, to receive the Eucharist at least once a year, if possible during the Easter season. But the Church strongly encourages the faithful to receive the Holy Eucharist on Sundays and feast days, or more often, still even daily. 1390. Since Christ is sacramentally present under each of the species, uh, communion under the species of bread alone makes it possible to receive all the fruit of Eucharistic grace. For pastoral reasons, the manner of receiving communion has been legitimately established as the most common form in the Latin rite. Holy, but Holy Communion has a fuller form of sign when it takes place under both kinds. For in this form, the sign of the Eucharistic banquet is more clearly evident. This is the usual form of receiving communion in the Eastern rites. Okay, very good. So looking at this Paschal banquet today, uh, again, another very beautiful section on the Eucharist as a meal, on the Eucharist as a banquet. And this is, um, this is again, one of the central, central parts of the Eucharist. Yesterday we were seeing the divine, the, 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 the divine presence, the real presence of Christ in the sacrament. But today we're looking more at this as, as a meal. That again, there is a tendency to, to forget about the meal aspect. And yet the meal is just as important as the, as the, as the sacrifice. That both are important. That the altar is also a, a table of the Lord. That we need both. We can't say, well, I like this or I like that. I prefer this, I prefer that. No, we're invited to, to have a complete faith that sees the Eucharist also as a meal, as a coming together to eat and to drink. And why do we do this? Because Christ told us to. Again, with the Eucharist, most of the things are very simple. Nearly everything that's important about it has been told to us by Jesus himself. And he told us, take and eat. He said, this is my body, this is my blood. Take it and eat it. Take it and drink it. And that this is the invitation that's made to us to participate in this meal. Obviously with a worthy life. That worthiness is necessary. We need to take it seriously. To treat it as something serious, as the most serious thing in creation. But also to see that this serious thing, that this fantastic gift has been given to us so that we can have an intimacy with God, that we can join God, that we can draw very close to him, that we can participate in his life. It's not that we become God fully. It's not this. We don't believe in this kind of uh, uh, idea that everything becomes God. This isn't Christianity. But we believe that Christ brings us exceptionally close to himself in the Eucharist, and especially in receiving the Eucharist. And this is why the Church has to say that everybody, in a sense, has to receive the Eucharist. That it's not an option for a Christian to receive the Eucharist or not. If you're Catholic, you should receive the Eucharist. And even the, the Fourth Lateran Council in the 
I think it was in 1040, said that um, every, and this has been echoed by the church since then and every major teaching document since then, that every Catholic has to receive communion at least once a year during the Easter season. Again, if this is possible. If somebody is in a, a state of life where they can't receive communion, then they're not, uh, obviously they're not bound by this, that they're invited to a life of prayer, a life of penance, in the hope that God will overcome it, whatever obstacle is there to stopping them from receiving communion. But that all of us are invited to this and that we we are really, the church says that if you don't do this, unless there's a very good reason, you, you shouldn't really call yourself Catholic. You know, this is, uh, uh, this is um, the, the definition that, uh, that the, of what it means to be a practicing Catholic, to go to Mass every Sunday, but then to go to uh, confession at least once a year and to receive communion at least once a year in the Easter season for the confession, for the communion. But they were invited to this as Christians because the idea of a Christian not having this help makes it very hard to think of somebody being Christian if they don't have this help. If they don't have this specific help that comes through receiving Holy Communion. Yes, to adore. Yes, absolutely. We should adore and we need to adore more and that we need to, to foster adoration. But especially to foster people who are living holy lives and can receive communion regularly. This is really what we're called to. That this banquet is what strengthens us in this life and prepares us for the life to come. And that every Christian... Uh, really should be uh, participating in this banquet. And uh, again, this is a section, as with all the catechism, it's saying things in very few words, but it's a, a beautiful explanation on the importance of this banquet, on the importance of following the command of Christ, on the importance of drawing near to him, that yes, we are unworthy, but through this reception, we can be made worthy, unless there is a, a mortal sin there, in which case we need to go to confession. So this invitation that is given to us is a very important invitation and tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll look at numbers 1391 through 1395 of the Catechism. God bless.